Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, We've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, his wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039S hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S but Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us. And um, he's from a town close to where I'm from. And uh, so we share that as well. And just a huge superhero fan and you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated. Just hang in there, Matt, you'll beat this thing soon. Deep within the heart of the city, the Indeed Wizard notices a stain on his starry gown and cap. Ah, yes, indeed, this starry gown and cap surely is full of grime dust, and all manner of speckles that do not sparkle. (laughs) I can't wait to get it cleaned at my local laundromat. (laughs) He notices a laundromat directly across the street from him, deciding that now is his local laundromat, and walks in. Time to twinkle on over there. (laughs) Ah, yes, there seems to be quite a tall, dashing young fellow with immaculate skin in front of me. And what is this? He has a bit of some older type headphones on. Perhaps he's one of those Brooklyn hipsters. <laughs> um, excuse me, my good man. Yes? Are you perhaps in line? What does it look like? Well, you see, I have my sparkly gown and cape and whatnot, and I I need them washed post-haste. Good luck here. I've just been sitting here listening to Huey Lewis in the news. The one upstate couldn't wash the crayon apple stains out of my bedsheets. Might I inquire as to how you came upon crayon apple in such times as these? No, you may not. It's very simple. I was just drinking some juice, and it spilled all over the sheets. That's all you have to know. The Indeed Wizard proceeds to strip his clothes off right there in front of the young man. Well, if you don't mind... What are you doing? I have to get buck naked because these are the only clothes that I own. What happened to you? Are you homeless? Did you lose your job? Insider trading? Why don't you get a goddamn job? I have many jobs, and to be homeless you have to have no homes. But in fact, wherever I lay my pointy cap happens to be my home, you see. (laughs) That is the definition of homeless. No, because, you see, I use magic and go inside the cap, and then it actually is my home in there. Sort of Doctor Who style. (laughs) Don't mind this eyeball in my bag. It's horny Newt Toad. You can leave me alone so I can listen to my Huey Lewis in the news. Perhaps we could share a headphone while we wait for our clothes to be done. Oh? Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? I believe their older hits are better than their later ones. You're not wrong on that. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, that's when they hit it off. Commercially and artistically, of course. Do you drink Cran Apple often? It's sort of a weird drink to have. I'm still very interested in where one might purchase Cran Apple. I find it exquisite, the taste of cranberries and apples combined create such tinctures and potions and concoctions and whatnot. Ah. It's called Whole Foods. Just go up three more blocks, 
Excuse me, sir. You can't stand here naked while other people are washing their clothes. I'm gonna have to ask you to wait outside. But my beard covers all of my giblies. I see that, but the giblies in the back are still exposed. Can you please escort them out? Because I have to see this. I can use my stick to cover the crack. Legally, I'm not required to touch anybody, but since you asked me, really nice, handsome man, come with me, sir. We're gonna wait outside. Thank you. Time to fly away now. <laughs> sir, do you need help with your sheets? Uh, yes. If you can get these stains out, the place upstate couldn't do that. We guarantee all our services, sir. No questions asked. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. Would you give me a nod if that guy comes sauntering back in here? I kick him out about once a week, I swear. Oh, man. Is that guy naked? Oh, he's coming back. I appear to have forgotten my wizard staff. Let me just get it. It seems you're still trying to get the Cran Apple. But are you sure that's Cran Apple? That's, that's really, I'm really focused on that Cran Apple. I can't seem to... It just looks like something else. If you don't shut your fucking mouth, I will kill you. I really... What? All right, everybody, welcome to Superhero Stuff You Should Know, brought to you by the Superhouse Podcast Network. This is Andrew, your, one of your hosts, as usual, and I'm once again joined by... The man who knows too much about Batman, unless it's about what we're about to cover. This is Ben Watt. <laughs> oh, man, we got a doozy for you all today. Uh, I will be regaling Ben this time around with... It's a rule reversal. A not, yeah, with not oft talked about... Um, installment in the bats <laughs> in the bat mythos. Um, <laughs> this week we are talking about Batman Abduction, that was originally written by Alan Grant, Norm Brayfogle, James A. Hodgkins, Blayart Rohannon, and John Costanza. Actually, I know I know written by Alan Grant, but I think forgive me for some of the other credits. It's probably Brayfogle was the uh, the penciler, and everyone else is uh, the rest of the art. Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I would, I would I would assume. But okay. Yeah, there are some corners of the Bat Universe that not even I dare to venture. But uh, <laughs> Andrew has ventured for me for this episode. <laughs> Somehow we got onto aliens all over again because of unsolved <laughs> mysteries coming out on <laughs> on Netflix. So that's what's kind of got us on this tangent. We all got in the phase again. So, um, but yeah, this comic was released in 1998. I did not know about it. I just Googled after getting into the alien phase, Batman alien abduction. And sure enough, Batman's been around so long. He's been, <laughs> he's been, he's even had this happen to him. So, <laughs> all right. I, I'm weird about the fact that I'm, uh, <clears throat> I seem to only like Batman and alien stories if it's like Justice League or Superman. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But then when it's just like random aliens, I'm like, eh, okay. I think it's definitely silly. And uh, yeah, the Justice League, like comic book aliens are going to make more sense. That mm -hmm. When you get into like the grays and all that, you just get into so much you know, modern, like, I don't know. It's like the whole, like, X-Files and, like, government conspiracy stuff. And it's just, like, a whole other thing to mix with Batman mythology. So it does get a little messy there, I think, you know, um, as far as mixing mythologies. But anyway, it's been done at least in this, this time around. And it's, we'll see. You'll see when we get into it. So the tagline for this comic, for this comic is a blinding light, a missing hour. And later, a terrible feeling of dread. There's only one explanation. Batman has been abducted by aliens. And that's only the beginning. Dot, dot, dot. Okay, here we go then. Here we go. So it's in five chapters, and the first chapter is called First Encounter. So in this one, Ben, Batman is in the Batmobile chasing down some henchmen. That's how it all starts. Mm-hmm. And it reads, Naturally. Midnight, in the wooded hills outside Gotham City, in the Batmobile's twid headlamps cut a swatch through the darkness. 
Midnight, when honest men are home and evil roams abroad. Midnight, when all the worst nightmares begin. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Grant, man. Alan Grant. <laughs> I love he it. Actually, yeah, go ahead. He wrote um, the first Batman book I ever read. Oh, shit. Um, was the Nightfall. It was the kids' novelization to Nightfall, and I remember it distinctly because it was the first exposure to... Uh, like the comic book mythology during the 90s where it's just like wait nightwing is who robin <laughs> retired there's a new robin there's a dead robin what the hell is this there's azrael who's all these people so i alan grant is is one of the is a name that's always stuck out to me because of that is he generally like of quality like you can generally like a, like a grant morrison type where it's like oh shit this is probably gonna be good uh, maybe not necessarily grant morrison level but uh he was he was definitely a big part of the 90s Batman comics that I grew up with, so uh, I've always had a fondness, of course, for him, uh, partially due to that nostalgia, but also just because I, I like a lot of the the 90s storylines, like uh, the ones that we've been covering on the pod with the whole Contagion, Legacy, and uh, No Man's Land, which we'll cover in a future episode. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of already, like, how it's it's already swinging for the fences, just even, like, with the prose here, the narration <laughs> starts with, yeah, that and Midnight, something, something, Midnight, period, yes. something, something. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, cheesy, but obviously great, you know? Yes, yes. So it's what, it's, what, it's what you read comics for, right? So, well, one of the reasons for many of the comics that you do read. <laughs> anyway, all mm-hmm. right. So, um... And this comic, Batman, has kind of a grizzled look more than usual. He's got definitely got some some five o'clock shadow in the cowl. Just wanted oh, to damn. bring that up, give you He's an been idea. Out there for days. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, the Batmobile looks like a kind of a toned down Schumacher type in this comic. It's got the spiky really? tail wings, sort of, but mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's kind of going off. Like, the, the end wings are huge, like the Schumacher type. That's, I'll just bring that up. I don't know. Maybe that's more from the comics, and Schumacher stole that. I don't know. Any, it's... any random blue lights? No, no. It's more realistic <laughs> than that. It's not as okay. overly designed like the Schumacher one was, but it does share humongous taillights, I think. Interesting. Okay. So it has that going for it. Um, so he's in pursuit of the criminals. The Batmobile then stalls while in pursuit. There's a button that reads power failure, this big red button. And then Batman, oh, Batman says, what? <laughs> and then exactly like that. Everything is dead. It says the backup generator is dead. All of it. That doesn't really happen. Yeah. And I wanted to pause here real quick. Um, like we said earlier with the midnight stuff and all that, do you generally like this older style in the comics where there's an actual narrator and it's not just Batman narrating, but there's some, what do you call it, omnip- omniscient narrator, whatever you call it? Uh, that's a good question, actually. Um, that's like, yeah, that's pretty old school. I never really noticed really the uh, the shift, but they don't seem to do that anymore. I think you brought that up to me earlier. They don't really do that now. It's just like the character narrating as opposed to the, the uh, omniscient narrator. I think um, I do like it if it's done well. There's a few comics where they do a prose uh, story for it. There's like a there's an old one. I think it's Danny O'Neill called Death by Midnight in Three. That was like one of my favorites. And Grant Morrison did one with the Joker, the Clown at Midnight, that we talked a lot about in the Dark Knight uh, deep dive, the comics versus Nolan. Uh, edition of that uh so i think i i do like it i, I like it here uh in there. i don't know if i necessarily have a preference though in terms of one over the other okay yeah i i might prefer it a little bit but maybe because i just haven't read it so much recently i probably it seems like it was done a lot more back in the day mm-hmm. as opposed to now and i don't know i think it it can help and it kind of makes it seem a little bit more like a regular book it has like a comic book is still sort of a book, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, I mean, obviously a lot less reading, but uh, I don't know. I think I, I kind of like it. Um, it can kind of expl- some explain some things, too, that maybe I won't get unless I read it, <laughs> too. So mm-hmm. that's probably mm-hmm. why. So right. um, anyway, Batman suddenly gets engulfed by a bright amber light, and then nothing <laughs> it cuts oh, damn. it cuts to alfred's preparing a meal and uh batman is it for, for batman's return swa? yeah it's a vichy swa i was i still want to say fishy swa but it's vichy swa with a v so, yeah. 
but uh but yeah it's uh he's making a meal batman comes apparently comes home every morning because he's out all night so he's got his uh he's making his breakfast whenever he comes back i guess batman says he doesn't feel well uh he comes home earlier than usual or so he thinks but he's back Mm -hmm. at the normal time um like it said in the like we said in the tagline the missing hour this is a hint that Batman has experienced what what's known as missing time, uh, as far as alien abduction stories are concerned. So that's a common thing, and because I'm not too familiar with uh, a lot of the alien abduction stuff myself, so that's a common thing in these types of stories. Yeah, it does seem to be so. It's like you've you've been unconscious and you have like a kind of, uh, I guess because. You know, supposedly, allegedly, you were being experimented on and you were under some sort of alien anesthesia or something, mm-hmm. and you just don't have any concept of time for a while. Like the famous um, Fire in the Sky story, uh, Travis Walton, the, the guy that wrote that book, the guy that was supposedly abducted, he lost five days. Jeez. Okay. He thought it was, he thought it was just a day or, or so. He, definitely not five days, so... Um, this is kind of a thing in alien abduction stories, so. Got it. All right. So then Alfred checks his temperature. He's got a slight temp. And then uh, then he cancels all Wayne appointments for the day. You definitely have coronavirus. Son. Yes, yes. <laughs> My word. <laughs> I told you not to go to that rally. We've got to get these bats out of the cave. <laughs> At least for a little while. <laughs> Alfred, you shouldn't have eaten. You shouldn't have cooked that bat. <laughs> Did this fishy swall have any bats? Oh, it's, my God. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. We were out of beef. We've lost some funding, and we had to resort to eating the bats in the bat cave. <laughs> There's a meat so- shortage, sir. <laughs> <laughs> this is when it gets really bad for the Wayne, for the Wayne family. Oh, shit. Okay, so... (laughs) uh, It then cuts back to... Batman's having uh, flashbacks, it seems like. So, like a PTSD Mm. kind of thing. Got it. He's sort of floating and can't feel his own body. It's as if he's bound by something, but nothing is there. He wakes up in a cold sweat saying, No, keep away from me! In the the Wayne bedroom. Ah, got it. So then it just basically he goes out on patrol again because what else is a bat to do? <laughs> it's like I always have nightmares all the time. It's just, it's just how I roll. It's usually the my parents getting killed. So yeah. I'm glad it was something different this time. So anyway. Ooh, that's a relief. It's only aliens probing me. Oh, thank God. It wasn't my parents again. <laughs> yes. yeah, but it, I guess, that's crazy though, right? That's, it's that bad. So <laughs> yeah. he's about to bust up some other criminals and mm-hmm. uh, they point a flashlight at him and then... As uh, Batman has another flashback and misses and, and like, you know, doesn't um, land on the criminals. So he misses them. And the Wait, crim- where does he go then? I think criminals get away and he just goes to another street lamp or something. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> then he goes, back, he goes back to the Batcave where Alfred, this is after a night of patrol, I guess. It was a, it was a failure of a night, I guess you could say. So Alfred, I guess he notices this is a problem. And then... Mm-hmm. He pulls out a bat coin. It's like this golden coin with a bat signal on <laughs> on it, right? The bat symbol. The 90s cool bat symbol, I think. This is a year after the bat credit card. Yes. Pretty much, yeah. This is a 98. So yeah, yeah. we're in this time period. Mm-hmm. So Bat currency. This is pre-Bitcoin. It's bat coin. Exactly. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. Batman gets hypnotized by Alfred in this scene. Okay. What? <laughs> yes. I guess One of the it, things I learned in the SAS is how to hypnotize a man. Dude, I guess so. That's, that's how they're doing it, because this is... I guess the only the only person that, that Batman, that you know Bruce Wayne, would kind of be vulnerable to is Alfred, so... Yeah, no, I get let's, it. Let's give him it's, that. This guy's that, so that's good. It's just a weird thing to see Alfred do to him, you know? Yes, yes, I know. So they go into his repressed memories of the abduction. He's in a spaceship being worked on by your standard gray aliens. Okay? Everybody, Got you're it. okay with... Okay. Uh, you know what the gray aliens are, right? Your standard... Like, yes. God, I do know stuff outside of Batman, yes. I found... Okay. Gray aliens. Some people don't know, man. You'd be surprised. <laughs> okay. So the, the aliens say he's paralyzed in the flashback. They, they, tell him he's, they tell Bruce Wayne he's paralyzed. They tell Batman he's paralyzed. 
Only, uh-huh. But only briefly because they're just trying to collect some data. Then he gets up okay. and views the craft with the alien. Bruce tells Alfred that the alien tells him. It tells me they're conducting genetic experiments on mankind, taking tissue samples so that if catastrophe occurs, they can preserve human stock. You know, I this is Alfred, right? You know that you're talking to Alfred? <laughs> Um, but uh, <laughs> you don't have to do the bat voice to me, sir. <laughs> if there's anyone. I'm sorry. I'm still in character. <laughs> Once you give me the mask, I'll still be in this. I've become the bat. Okay. <clears throat> so Batman seemingly does not believe this. He tries to pick something up from the craft for proof that he's been there in preparation for whenever he leaves the, the spaceship. Mm-hmm. The alien tells him that... Uh, tells him no, he can't do that, saying that it's forbidden at this time for him to remember. I always thought that was interesting. At this time, Weird. like there's going to be a, uh-huh. it's going to be a time when it's okay. Mm-hmm. So then it cuts to Batman back in the Batmobile, nauseated. Uh, so and I think that's kind of in keeping with some abduction stories being nauseated. So that's gotcha. the that's the end of chapter one for this saga. Thoughts so hmm. far, Ben. Uh, intriguing mystery. I'm wondering <laughs> what else is going to go, because I'm like, okay, he was abducted, but then for, like, for what purpose, and what's this going to lead to? Because we said there's five chapters, right? So I'm like, okay, what's chapter two to through five going to be? Yeah, <laughs> you'll see. Let's get into it. Chapter two All is right. called UFO Con? Question mark. <laughs> con as in convention, or con as in, like, con artist? Uh, you'll see. All right. So. <laughs> All right. Alfred is str- we cut this this chapter starts out with Al- Alfred straight up hacking a NASA satellite and downloading what they know to the bat computer. They find nothing. Then it goes into a whole spiel about ancient alien theory, basically saying the Paleolithic cave paintings at Nia or Neo in France are at least 30,000 years old. They clearly show disc-shaped objects with a dome at the top. You know, it's that whole, you know, ancient aliens, right? Where they, they make fun of the History Channel, uh, talking about that all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's, that's the idea that uh, we didn't come from God, we came from aliens, and the aliens were here a long time ago, that type of thing. You can mix it all up. It's essentially, like, you could probably maybe mix God in the, to the to the whole mix there, but it's essentially, it's, uh, you have to be kind of a, um, you have to be a li- have a liberal interpretation of the Bible if you are a Christian, if you believe uh-huh. this, but the idea is... Um, evolution is real, and we got to a certain point, like Cro-Magnon Man or something, and then the reason there was a huge jump in intellect was because ancient aliens fucked with us, either by just talking with us, or uh, just by us looking at them, or they literally mix their DNA with us or some sort of experiment on us. That's why we're so far ahead of every other uh, creature on the planet. Um, it's to me to me it's excellent mythology i love the sci-fi aspect of it i don't really believe it but man as far as like modern uh modern mythology in a sense like i, I think it's great i mean it's a great yeah this is a great story uh to explore or universe to explore if you were to explore that in different stories is this also where that meme comes from with the dude with the who looks like he just got out of bed with his hair in the suit and he's just like Aliens. Yes. So that, yeah, exactly. That meme comes from the History Channel. So basically, History Channel, I think, is a spinoff of Discovery. I could be wrong. I'm sure they're all related. And it's supposed to be legit history. You know, Mm. they used to just, you know, the joke used to be back in the day. I feel old saying this, but they used to just run Nazi shit all the time, like just not (laughs) Nazi history, World War II history, because that's where they Mm -hmm. made their money. They got their most revenue from that. Um, and then maybe some Roman shit. But then as soon as they started playing this ancient alien stuff, it's like all they played. Because mm-hmm. people are so interested in that, and people really believe... A lot of people truly believe that stuff is real. And I'm sure we yeah. have some listeners that really believe in that stuff. It's cool. I mean, I get it. I don't personally subscribe to it. I think, like I said, I think it's awesome mythology. Not right. trying to downplay your beliefs or anything. Part of me wishes it was real, but I just don't fully buy it right now mm-hmm. <clears throat> interesting though yeah okay so ancient aliens are part of this which i guess makes sense because like batman would not immediately jump into alien abductions 
as the first explanation, even though he's been around like other aliens. Uh, I'm sure yes. he would like want to see or investigate what the evidence is on that before jumping to that conclusion or knowing that's definitely what happened. Exactly, man. So then Batman says, delusion or not, something is definitely going on. Bruce then decides to, I think, secretly host Gotham's first UFO convention. I suppose it's the first. <laughs> As Bruce Wayne. Oh, dude, let me get to it, bro. <laughs> so he goes into, conv- he starts his convention in disguise and he, he makes his disguise like he has a goatee and he's balding a little. I'm sure this is <laughs> based on somebody. He's doing Hugo Strange cosplay. Sounds kind like. of. So <laughs> he goes as a, his alias, as I swear, is Mr. Jason. <laughs> what? <laughs> so Mr. Jason is this alias that's, that hosts this thing, seems like. I'm assuming with Wayne money secretly somehow. So, oh, my God. Okay. So not Matches Malone. Not Matches Malone. And... <laughs> So then, in disguise, he starts talking to what seems like a professional in the UFO research community about his, his experience being abducted. This looks like kind of like the office near. This is one of the things I'm sort of bad at reading where things are in comics sometimes. It's not the artist's fault. I think it's my fault. Anyway, it's probably good we don't share the whole story and so people go out and buy this thing. Anyway, so it, it's at an, I think it's at an office, like the, like the convention office, you know what I'm saying? Got it. Okay. Okay. Where the where the where the the convention uh, talent are and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, he starts talking to this guy about his experience, just so he can see see if he can get some data. This is kind of his detective work, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And um, then the pr- professor goes on this like tirade on like all the different possibilities for why aliens are here, and it's drawn in this super psychedelic way. It looks like they were like on mushrooms and shit. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's really, it's not supposed to be actual, it's just a stylistic interpretation of how this guy's talking. It's not really there in the, in the comic. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. It's the the way that they draw the the way that they, they illustrate his dialogue. Yes. It's the way his dialogue and the font and stuff. Yeah. That. And like, there is some psychedelic stuff around him, but I think it's just supposed to show his overall mood. I don't really think it's there. Um, I'll show it to you later, but, uh, sure. But, um, yeah, so Bruce is Mr. Jason here, and then he gets, it seemingly gets hypnotized again by this guy. <laughs> but it's really not my week. I guess to get info or something, but then they go into astral projection outside of their bodies. We got some, <clears throat> cute, uh, not Hugo Strange, but uh, Doctor Strange type shit going it's on. Very much so, yeah. So... They're in this, like, bright, yellowish, ethereal, non-corporeal energy form, okay? They're talking to mm-hmm. each other. They're going up into space and into the spaceship, all right? Got it. The researcher uh, assures Bruce, or should I say Mr. Jason, that they're <laughs> invisible to the greys. They see other abductees in the spaceship. The researcher thinks... This researcher then reveals that he thinks that the aliens are male- malevolent and not be- benevolent. Okay. That's that's his thinking, okay? So he's not mm. he's not pro gray at all. <laughs> Great. Then they get noticed by a reptoid. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> There's a reptoid some sort of reptilian alien creature on the spaceship and apparently the reptoids can notice astral projection, but the grays can't. Okay. All right. Okay, so that's where we're <laughs> you with me so far. <laughs> this is definitely the basis for the Matt Reeves ba- uh, Robert Pattinson movie. Oh, dude, it's so good. <laughs> so Colin Farrell's not the penguin; he's a reptoid. <laughs> we just didn't tell you yet. That's why he's doing. That's why he's in prosthetics. Dude, I found some comments on this comic, and they were like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever read." <laughs> Shit like that. <laughs> so, so okay. They get noticed by the reptoid, and then um, he tells him, oh, the greys can't see us, but reptoids can. And then he, he says that uh, this this guy uh, at the convention says he thinks that they're in cahoots, the greys and the reptoids. They're, reptoids, they're doing something. So mm-hmm. as to escape, they flash back down somehow. I don't know who the fuck knows how astral projection works. So they, they get back into their bodies. They're back in that convention office-looking place. And uh, Bruce looks shook, and then uh, Bruce leaves the UFO con, and that's the end of chapter two. <laughs> okay. 
still without if anything he has more questions than answers i would say at this point <laughs> dude yeah i don't think he knows what the fuck is going on <laughs> but he doesn't seem to be anti-gray yet or anti-reptoid or anything he's just doing um he's kind of still in detective mode doing his research <clears throat> my detective training with ducard didn't prepare me for this yeah exactly <laughs> Ducard, you never said anything about fucking aliens. <laughs> Sacre bleu. <laughs> My name is Mr. Jason. Okay, and this was astral projecting as Mr. Jason? Uh, yeah, which is weird, because I do think that he was... <laughs> there might have been a little blurb there about uh, about how he didn't... He, he was worried that he was going to be seen as Bruce Wayne in astral projection form. <clears throat> or Batman, yeah. Because I was wondering, I'm like, yeah. is he has does he have experience in astral projection, and so he was trained years ago to astral project any disguise he wanted. I think we they go that far. I think they did cover their base there slightly, but it is still a little okay. bit uh, iffy. You know what I mean? This whole uh, premise is a little iffy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but, <all right. laughs> iffy? Well, yeah, I think you mean amazing. <laughs> Speaking of amazing, chapter three. Is the subtitle for this one in this saga is Enter the Dragons. There's dragons in this. This oh, you'll see. So starts okay. out again, Batman is taking out what seems to be the same gang of dudes from the first chapter, the very first few panels. Um, they look like they're like they're hench they're henchmen wearing a sort of golden Phantom of the Opera style mask. <laughs> uh, all of them. So it's a little bit uh, who knows who they're working for? Well, I guess you'll the see. Music of the night. Okay. <laughs> so, um, he's Batman's got a crazy headache while doing this, mm-hmm. and um, as he's uh, he's like throwing like a bola or whatever the fuck, like he's tied him up and he's about to unmask one of these dudes, do some interrogation or whatever. While doing this, he's invis- he's visited by the Men in Black. I'm not kidding. What? So, the whole, I don't know how familiar you are with this stuff, but the whole idea of Men in Black does not initially start with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, or even the comic. This is another thing. Again, you get a whole ball of wax with this other mythos. Mm. It's like the Men in Black are, I guess, like the movie, sometimes... Sometimes human, but often alien, maybe in cahoots with humans, I don't know. But they're often in disguise as human, but don't pull off the human disguise very well. Interesting. So it's like the opposite of the Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith type of thing, where those are humans fighting aliens, but this is an alien pretending to be human. Exactly. And I think in this story, they're not good like the men in black were in those movies like the i mean to their credit those movies are done really well but i think it, it's i think it's um a little bit different from some of that you know they took their own licenses with their own story but uh right yeah but yeah that's that's what's happening here so they're digging even deeper into this kind of um i don't know what you call it new age alien lore i don't know what you call this whole thing but mm-hmm. the kind of shit you see in national Enquirer and all that for our listeners outside of america that's like one of those you know, um, how would you describe that, Ben? Those those magazines <clears throat> at the grocery store that have... Yeah, stuff like, oh, like secret affair between Donald Trump and Donald Rumsfeld. Like something that's like ridiculous articles, headlines that you're just like, that's not true. Yeah, so the queen, the queen is an alien or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah, type yeah. of stuff, yeah. You probably have the same exact <clears throat> thing in, in, in the UK <laughs> or wherever. So um, mm-hmm. just a different name, maybe. So anyway, probably. he still has the headache. And then um, all these men in black, by the way, are completely bald white dudes. They look a little bit like Grant Morrison. Maybe they're not Grant Morrison. Maybe it's an homage slightly to him since he's into all this stuff, too. I don't know. Oh, we about the mind. I can't even do a Scottish accent, but in your case, Grant Scottish, Morrison. Scottish stuff. Um, <laughs> we'll figure it out one time. They warn him not to tell anybody about his experiences, and then they vanish. Like... All, and then, like like Grant Morrison. Yeah, all like Grant Morrison. And I think all the all the dudes that he's tied up as well vanish. What? So he's left there alone. Alone for a few moments. And then he fights Bruce Lee. What? <laughs> I am not joking. Okay, wait, how did we get here? Okay, so it's Bruce Lee with a kind of Marvel Iron Fist looking tattoo on his chest. And then Batman looks to him and says, it can't be, you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so Bruce Lee just randomly shows up at this point. I'm not kidding. It's, it, I mean, okay. obviously not Bruce Lee, but it looks exactly like him, you know what Bruce I mean? Bruce versus Bruce, okay. Yeah, wait, Bruce. Wait, so is he saying you're dead as in Bruce, the Bruce Lee character is somebody he knew who's died? Or is he literally, I mean, Bruce Lee, you died years ago. Literally, you're a real guy who died in like the Yeah, it's, it's exactly. I think in this world, Bruce Lee was alive and died just like our world. But it's they're not going <laughs> to okay. say the name Bruce Lee because of legal stuff in the comics, but it's Bruce Lee. Well, Wait, so they legally can't use his name, but they can legally use his likeness? Use his likeness? Dude, yeah, apparently, yes. Doing all the same shit. He's wearing, like, I know you don't know video games that well, but, like, the Faye Long um, pants. Those kind of, like, pants Bruce Lee wore. Faye Long's based okay. on Bruce Lee, so. So I guess they get they get away with it because he's not, like, dressed like he did in Enter the Dragon or uh, uh, the, oh, Game of Death. That was the last one where he's in the yellow jumpsuit that... Uh, Uma Thurman was in. Not that. No, it's not the yellow. It's like the black pants with the black shoes on, but no shirt. Look. I guess it's kind of like Enter the Dragon. Yeah. I, it's. I think it's. It's the. It's the uh, pants he was wearing when he did. Uh, what you call it? I think he has some nunchucks in. I don't know. I can't remember exactly. I'm not the most versed on Bruce Lee movies, actually. But uh, something like that. I'm sure Bruce Lee rocked this look at one point. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. So. Batman says it can't be you're you're dead. Then they have a full on kung fu fight for like a page and a half. You know, no talking, right. just shots this of the action, see. which is pretty yeah. cool. And then it ends. The fight ends pretty much with Batman eventually stabbing Bruce Lee in the neck with his pointy ears. What? Yes. <laughs> My question for you now, Ben, is yes. how often does Batman do this move in the comics? I've never seen him stab somebody with his ears. I've never seen it because sometimes I figure the ears are cloth. So how would you do that? But I guess if it's like the rubber type cowl, then maybe if you put enough force into it. The only time I can see that happening is uh, if it's like the Kelly Jones style Batman, uh, where like his ears are ridiculously tall. Uh, and pointing and vampire-like. But other than that, I'm like, I don't think I've heard of him ever doing that before. Okay, so this is a first. Alan Grant, you did... This is a first, probably. Alan Grant, <laughs> I don't know what you were smoking, but uh, <laughs> this whole idea of him stabbing Bruce Lee in the neck with his bad ear is pretty ingenious, honestly. <laughs> it's it's amazing. <clears throat> <laughs> Would you want to see this in a movie? I mean, I mean, not the Bruce Lee part, but this move, yes. Uh, I mean... If he can do it without lethal force, because again, as I keep ranting, like I'm tired of seeing Batman being brutalizing and killing criminals. Yeah, exactly. And like, so yeah. if he doesn't, if he doesn't do like Ra's al Ghul in the leg or something, then I'm like, okay, like I get it. That's kind of cool. I don't know how that would work, but or non-vital points or something somehow. <laughs> yeah, does it something to Joker like that. Right in the crotch. It is cool to see him use stuff that he doesn't normally use, though. Like I said, like again, the tactical cape stuff in Batman Year One. Uh, he kind of chokes Earth One, actually, or Earth yeah. One, yeah. Earth One, yeah, yeah, Earth One. Then Bruce Lee clones start to appear. <laughs> Suddenly, four or five Bruce Lees surround him. Okay. <laughs> Batman tries his best, but obviously this is a struggle. I can take on one Bruce Lee, but four. Yes. So they pretty much start to get the advantage, the, the the advantage of him, and then some dude just magically appears before him. He's another bald-looking hippie, old white guy floating midair in lotus position. So Grant Morrison again. Kinda, but this one a little bit less. So he is bald though, I think. Okay. Um, and let's he might have that ponytail on the back. I'm not sure. <laughs> I have to look <laughs> at it again. But he calls himself the Kook. <laughs> What? His name is The Kook. K-O-O-K. Okay. All right. I looked this up. He doesn't show up all that much. You don't know him, right, Ben? Wait, he's an actual ca recurring character? He shows up in Batman Dreamland, also by Alan Grant. Okay, this must be certain writers. They have like their own character that only they used and have only used uh, before. So this must be Alan Grant's character. In terms of, like, it probably he is. shows up in those, yeah. Yes. So, after Batman and the Kook exchange a few words, he the Kook then eventually says, I'm the sanest man on Earth! <laughs> <laughs> then, he okay. then he spills the beans on what he thinks the aliens are doing. Since man first left the trees, 
alien species has been manipulating him for its own evil end. Unless we stop them, Bruce, they will lead us all to mass extinction. But I have found something that can alert the world. Thanks, Kook. So he then disappears. Cut to Bruce getting fixed up by Alfred in the Batcave again. He then, then Bruce says, I've been drugged! End of chapter three. <laughs> again. <laughs> this only happens to me every, you know, two weeks. Yeah, he's having a bad run of it, dude. <laughs> so thoughts so far on, on this epic chapter three? I don't get how any of this connects. He gets abducted chapter one. He goes to this UFO co convention in Astro Projects in chapter two. He's fighting Bruce Lee in chapter three and meets this kook guy. <laughs> it just feels really disconnected. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I, right. I, I, I felt the same when I was reading it. I, I, I am leaving out certain elements, but I'm getting the gist of it. So, Okay, moving on to chapter four, which is entitled Alone Again or... Dot, dot, dot. Still probably the most sensical title so far. Yes. All right, so Bruce is doing experiments on himself, and then he finds an implant inside him. It cuts to someone in astral form again, and it says, <laughs> All across the galaxy, they play puppet masters to thousands of worlds. He thinks of the formula that appeared to him only a few short months ago and breathes a long sigh of relief. Without its effects... He would be blind to the truth. What? <laughs> this is from a guy. This is from a guy named Franklin <laughs> Selly, in a sensory deprivation chamber-looking thing. I think this is the guy that was at the UFO convention. Oh, okay. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Suddenly, okay. I'm just trying to keep up. There's so much randomness to this. There's Joker-like laughing coming from the tank, but I don't think that nothing really. I'm gonna spoil that for you. There's no Joker thing in this. <laughs> they just like to hint with ha 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 coming out of the tank. We don't have Joker in this Batman story. We only have Bruce Lee and astral projection yes. and gray aliens. We don't have time for that bullshit. <laughs> so it cuts back to the Batcave. Bruce has, Bruce has got the implant out of him, and he says he's going to take it to Star Labs for, uh, you know, they're going to look at it. Ooh, some DC crossover here. Yeah. So then it cuts back to Selly drying off from the sensory deprivation tank. There, You know, there's a bunch of, there's water in those, right? So mm -hmm. um, then he says that he believes, Selly believes that the aliens are starting World War III, and then his assistants are holy, holding gray alien costumes. He's got, huh. he's got some assistants around him, basically his henchmen, I guess. Got it. Cut to Batman's on patrol, perched up on a hotel roof. There's a great line at this point where uh, it's the narrator saying, Batman nurses the anger that seethes in his heart. <laughs> it should be in like every Batman story. <laughs> so then he f he swoops in on Franklin Selly. As he swoops in, he gets attacked by a magical Conan-looking dude, sparkling and everything. He looks oh. like a super buff Conan with long hair. Oh, I thought you meant Conan O'Brien. No, first. I was like, what? No, super buff Conan-looking guy okay. with long so hair, but he has overalls on with only one strap button, like a country boy <laughs> style. <laughs> okay. During the fight, Magical Conan uproots a nearby palm tree and starts fighting Batman with that. It gets thrown right into Batman's back. As Batman is down, Magical Conan turns. Oh, not again! Bane already hit there. Exactly. Magical Conan then turns into the Kook. Bruce still floating midair. Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah. Foo Fighters. <laughs> It's revealed that Selly is the kook. Oh, okay. So, so at least there's some some integration here of the different threads. Yes, exactly. It's coming together, Ben. So Batman thinks at this point that he's just been made to hallucinate the alien abduction that he had earlier via whatever powers the kook has. But the kook at this point reassures him that the abduction part was indeed real. <laughs> okay. Wasn't him. Then four or five dudes in scuba gear... What with d double tanks and everything else, you know, scuba related on them. Okay. They all tackle Batman at this point. I guess this is what the kook's henchmen look like. I don't know. What happened to the guys with the um, golden Phantom of the Opera mask? I have no idea. Yeah, and also, was the kook responsible for the multiple Bruce Lees? Or was I it think somebody else? The kook is, uh, supposedly, I think the kook was the Bruce, were Bruce Lees. All hallucination except for the abductions. Okay. All right, let's keep going then. Except for the abduction. I think even the astral projection 
might have been because that was Selly at that point, I think. True, yeah. So, so we're breaking this apart. We're figuring this out. Okay. All right. Let's go and then. <laughs> Cut to Batman's hanging upside down, tied in ropes, you know, like a bat gets into from time to time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he hallucinates his top villains at this point, so he sees the Joker, the Riddler, Two Face Penguin. It's See, all the Joker is in this. It he is. Lies. It is. It, it is. But it's definitely <laughs> no one, even for a second, believes it's actually him. It's just a hallucination. Yeah, okay. Technically, he's not in this. Exactly. So, end of chapter four. Thoughts so far? Uh, so far, a very classic Batman mystery. Very grounded and realistic <laughs> and, and noirish and, uh, you know, explores the the psychological underpinnings of this uh, this great character's tragedy. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> Perfect. So basically the opposite of everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, so, let's get, let's let's see what the answers are because at this point I'm like okay, oh so the answers are coming. What's gonna happen? The final right, chapter, uh, chapter five, <laughs> subtitle: Messengers of Deception. Okay. Okay. Down. So the UFO, UFO convention is still going on. I guess it's a multi multi day convention. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought like this whole time. <laughs> Bruce has just been hallucinating the stuff with the kook yeah. and the convention is still going on it's like it's still going on all day it's only 4 o'clock it's got missing time yeah I don't know what's going on there so okay. at the convention a real flying saucer shows up okay alright so then cut back to Batman still struggle- struggling with the ropes right He's so hot steam scalding his my face. greatest weakness yes yes ropes ropes so the UFO is about to drug the crowd at the convention. It's always about to drug a crowd, you know? I'm surprised it's just... They don't want to abduct everybody? They're just going to drug everyone? This, I think, is Selly's goal. I don't know. You know, I, I didn't understand this part fully. But so, Batman then breaks free of the ropes and then heads back to the convention. The kook is about to dose the, cro- the crowd with his drug called Cosmosis. Not a bad name. So the crowd does get drugged and starts to all mass hallucinate his henchmen as aliens. So Batman <laughs> okay. then crashes onto the UFO and uh, sort of similar to what was happening at the end of Batman Begins, actually, Batman has his own quote-unquote nose filter and Gordon is there covering his mouth with what looks like a handkerchief, but it's, you know, it's doing the job, I guess, I don't know. He needs an N95 mask. Yes, exactly. CDC would say. Yes. Exactly. So then Batman approaches the kook, and then the kook calls Batman a mass murderer. And then, what? Yeah. And then Batman punches the kook clean this time because he's not hallucinating anymore. The kook then turns into Selly. I guess that's his real form. And then Batman's okay. yelling in his face, Batman Begins style. Selly intimates that he has really no idea of Batman's abduction again. It still seems like this really was real in this story. Then it cuts to... He feels in his belt for the alien implant and somehow isn't surprised that it's gone. Even if everything that's happened is down to the kook, what about all the millions of other reports of UFOs and alien abductions? For an instant, He ponders exactly what is real and what is the product of the human mind. But there are some mysteries even the Batman can't solve. The end. What? (laughs) (laughs) So we get no answers on the alien abduction. This whole thing is just him versus this dude who can induce hallucinations. Yeah, and like, what is the deal with, like, what's his goal there? He's trying to make everybody hallucinate what? To what goal? To make people believe in aliens? To make people believe aliens are evil so then he can kill the real aliens? I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. Uh, I don't know. You read it, man. I, don't, I'm, I'm just, I need I'm, to read it again, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Alan Grant was smoking when he came up with this. I am like, I have such fond memories of Alan Grant, and now I listen to this, and I'm like, maybe I should go back and, and, and reread some of the stuff he's read or written. Yeah, it's uh, quite the journey, and... <laughs> I did leave out some parts here and there again, just so that I don't spoil everything. But uh, so maybe some parts are missing there. But uh, I did think mm-hmm. this was pretty wild story, and uh, <laughs> worth uh, everybody taking a look at it. Look, look at it again. Um, it does seem to be kind of hard to find. I'm not sure if I found it on Comicsology, but 
maybe it's there. I need to search harder. But anyway, overall thoughts on this uh, installment into the Bat Mythos, Ben? Uh, it is amazing uh, <laughs> in the sense of just how much randomness you can put into one Bat story. I guess as well as just exploring. I mean, I like I like the general idea of unsolved mysteries of Batman. In terms of the idea of like, hey, yeah. like there are some mysteries even Batman can't solve. I just think it it just never really. I like I get the point of it. It's just never really that satisfying of an ending to a story to me. Like there's a reason why there's no Sherlock Holmes story that just ends with Sherlock being like, "Well, Watson, I have no idea. Let's go back home." Right, like, that's right, it. right. Like right. This, this, it just doesn't work that way because it's just not satisfying of an ending. You right. know, and I feel the same way here, where it's just like we kind of already knew this. You know, this kook guy was up to no good or doing all this hallucination type stuff. Like, let's solve this mystery of the abduction. And then at the end, it's like, guess what? It's going to remain a mystery. Like, <laughs> We're going to have no conclusion at all. The whole point of a mystery story is to unravel the mystery, not be like, yeah, this is exactly what is everything started. You get no more answers. If anything, you get more questions, honestly, than you did from the start. Yeah, um... I mean, I like a I like a story that swings through the fences, like go absolutely nuts. I do like these elements being thrown in there, but I don't like Selly's whole deal. What's his deal with the aliens? I guess he he obviously doesn't like them, but it, I think the whole thread of what he's doing with the crowd to uh, how is that really going to affect? Like, if a crowd of humans starts to hate aliens, so what? These people, these these greys are so far advanced. What does it matter? You know mm. what I mean? Like, I feel like that part of the story is a little bit, uh, particularly that part is weak, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, there's not a lot explained about this guy's plan, from what it sounds like. I haven't read it. And it's it's involving a character that's isn't really explained very well. Unless, I mean, I haven't read Dreamworld, so maybe this is more of a sequel to that. Could but. be. I didn't know, I don't know what, if it was first or not. I mean, again, look, these guys that write these comics, they have to pump out a bunch of stuff all the time really quickly. So sometimes it's not like a masterpiece, you know? You just, that's the nature of this business. You just think about it. There's a new Batman story every week or every other week for for 80 years. It's just... There are always going to be winners. Yeah, it's not... Not everybody's going to have, like, Batman Year One or you know, Dark Knight Returns every week. That'd be ridiculous. So sometimes you get this kind of stuff, which is still fun. And you got to remember in 98, X-Files was still very popular. Uh, mm, and yeah. there was a lot of this kind of talk, I think. And this is, the internet didn't really get started up. I mean, it was there. These were the AOL mm. days. And uh, it's nothing like it was like it is now. So, so yeah, people just like couldn't look up stuff. And I think, you know, couldn't... I think people were a little bit less objective back in the day, you know? People took right. things more at face value because you didn't have a supercomputer in your pocket all the time. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know if this is um hundred I don't know if that all that stuff is hundred percent related to this particular comic, but it makes me think, you know. Mm-hmm. So how would you have made this better, Ben? <sighs> you just had to ask me that. Um <laughs> what are what's my what are my requirements? Like do I have to stick to the entire basic framework? Let's say that Batman does get abducted and there is the kook there somewhere. I would have kept with the idea cuz he's like uh you know, alien species has been manipulating man. We have something that can alert the world, we can work together, that type of thing. So if it's like a team up with this guy who can induce hallucinations, uh, then maybe uh, they can team up to go against those aliens. I'm just fucking talking out of my ass here because I wasn't. I just heard about the story, so it's not like I have anything prepared. But uh, they can go up against the aliens and uh, find out why the aliens wanted Batman in the first place. And it could just come down to the fact that uh, aliens are uh, <clears throat> were studying him because they did not believe that he. They thought that they were finding a new species entirely. They had been abducting all sorts of other humans, but never one who was a Batman before. Only to find that he was a human, and that's why they returned him so quickly, as opposed to five days later. That's the interesting part, right? Um, well, in this story, it's not five days later. It's it's only like he's missing. Yeah, he's yeah, missing well, an hour. What what I'm saying is that they, maybe that's why they only sent him an hour 
they only took an hour from him as opposed to like days with other humans where they were studying them like maybe it was like oh like this is a new species we can we can take him take him for keeps and then they realize oh he's just another human we don't need to look at this again and then they send him back down i agree with you to a point i feel like it would make sense that the aliens would abduct Batman because he'd obviously be such a different specimen than the rest of the human population, just as far as training is concerned and intellect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're talking about yeah, too, you're yeah. getting like the prime, su- well, one of the prime humans. Yeah, that would be that would be of some interest for experimentation on the aliens' part. So mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool. And then maybe the kook somehow thinks i don't know thinks that they're malevolent and um kind of find some good. other way other than the convention to <laughs> this whole convention thing i don't I, I don't really like it or he gets he gets like uh somehow he learns to attack them while in astral form so he just wants to get a bunch of people in astral form afraid of grays to go and attack them yeah, maybe it's the the kook is like I'm fending off an alien invasion, and the Batman discovers that like these aliens aren't like really a threat. They're more of just like scientists trying to make sure that other planets don't have threats. And so he goes from trying to goes from thinking I got to team up with the kook to go up against these aliens to then at the end being like oh I got to protect these aliens from the kook. And then at the end you can you have the same thing where he's fighting the hallucinations and the multiple Bruce Lees but in this context you know it's from the kook and then he defeats them and then he defeats the kook but that's because he's trying to protect uh the innocents the innocents in this case being uh the aliens yes that's true yes there we did it there we did it we fixed it you're welcome Alan Grant no just kidding <laughs> um yeah he's like damn you all it's either that or he's like I don't remember writing that at all also welcome to Jurassic Park because Alan Grant Jurassic Park. Okay, fine. No. <laughs> exactly. So just to wrap it up, man, um, and right. we're not going to spend super long time on this as much as we would in in a podcast devoted for it. But I mean, quickly, do you believe in aliens, Ben? Um, I don't think that much about it, but I do think it's it would be arrogant of us to think that we're the only life in the entire universe. I feel the same way. I'm often skeptical of I'm I'm skeptical of people's abduction stories, but maybe there's something to that. Like, it's hard to tell, but definitely, like, there, there being so many fucking planets out there, there's got to be some other life. And if we're, supposedly, we came in the last three or four billion years of the universe, and the universe is 13 billion years old. Mm-hmm. So there's, if we're, like, a later incarnation than uh, a, of a sentient human being, then there's got to be people, aliens uh, ahead of us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always thought that that was good. I mean, sometimes they do that for practical reasons when you see stuff like, uh, you know, Krypton, where yeah. obviously they look like humans, or um, even in Doctor Who, like all the all the Time Lords are obviously human-looking, but I always yeah. thought, like, oh, maybe that's them playing around with the idea of, like, we're, like, the less evolved version of that. It, that that's the thing. I think that um, if there's, like, a shitload of types of aliens out there you're going to be dealing with the ones that are most like you. Mm-hmm. So that's how Star Trek kind of gets around it as well. It's like, well, there's there actually are non-humanoid aliens. Like there's one blob one that shows up like one time, like a mm-hmm. mud mud puddle looking thing in Star Trek Next Generation one episode. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, to their credit, like we're going to be, if, if, if we have the ones to choose from, it's probably going to be the ones most like us. You know, as yeah, humans? of course. In terms of like being able to communicate, because like we, I think I thought this before. We're just like you know, in, it's easy for us to like design an alien, but who says that if they exist? Who says that they have the same type of five senses? Who says they have eyes or a form of eyes right, or even right, need right. the uh, the sense of sight at all? And that's just right. with sight, and then try to apply that to all the other senses, or just the basic anatomy of like head legs or some sort of way of walking and everything or being able to transport yourself like there's no guarantee that that exists they could have a whole other set of rules right biology we don't we don't know exactly we have absolutely no idea and um but that's what makes it so much fun yep and um definitely probably probably smarter than us maybe even telepathy maybe they talk with their minds who knows Mm -hmm. that's i think that's a lot of the part of the gray when the gray alien um mythology or whatever Mm -hmm. um 
or maybe it's actual science. But anyway, um, one thing I always wonder about, and I, I swear we're going to end this after this, but it just <laughs> seems like a lot of the abduction stuff always happens in America, like especially the really uh, detailed alien stuff, like uh, the, the detailed alien abduction stories. Like, are mm. we are there other abduction stories that are as detailed as like Travis Walton's story? Uh, you know, where they're literally seeing Gray's work on him, and then uh, the, he, the, Travis Walton claims to have seen a human-like person in the alien, in, in, in the spaceship as well. And it's just like, I mean, how, how much has this happened? Or is it just the CIA messing with people? Like, if it's the CIA, it would kind of make more sense in the sense that, like, it would make sense that it's mainly happening in America, you know? Right, yeah, that is an interesting point. I don't know enough about this to to have my own theories on it, but it does seem interesting that, uh, you know, why would aliens only abduct from one country when you have the entire world to choose from? How would they even know that that was the that was considered to be like one of the major forces in terms of like world nations? And why would you mutilate a cow? All this kind of stuff, you know, all these like alien pro, like the anal probe stuff too. Like some of that stuff, I just find. <laughs> right really ridiculous um i mean maybe it's true who the fuck knows but it just seems like some of these abduction stories are just a little bit a little bit much but again i love i love the mythology of it i love the i love the idea of it i'm a i like sci-fi you know so Mm -hmm. um so yeah and it's very interesting that it that it has a has a possibility of being true gotcha yeah more more than other stuff i'd say so. Yeah, it is interesting that we we sort of believe it, but also tend to disbelieve in the stories that appear to be the evidence of it. Because you know, it, it's it's also easy to be faked. I think because since we don't yes. know about it, it's easy for some people to just come out and say like, "This is what happened," but like you don't know for sure. If you're drugged too, I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe the CIA has like um, access to practical effects. And they, I don't know, it starts to get so drawn out, who then who knows anymore. And like, practical effects people, like, would they, they would, somebody would eventually leak some shit, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just, it's wild. People definitely see UFOs worldwide. But as far as like these detailed abduction stories, mm-hmm. I'd like to hear it from somebody not in America. That'd be interesting. Yeah. But that's it. That was Batman Abduction. Thank you for listening, everybody out there. And thank you for listening, Ben, to my tutelage this time around. What a story. <laughs> um, it's, it's probably definitely in one of the top 300 stories of Batman. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe a little bit towards the bottom or middle, somewhere around there. I, I I do like it when stories get crazy, and um, I do appreciate this on some level. So thank you, Alan Grant, and the rest of the team. Shout out to the Fire in the Sky movie deep dive over at Ochamp. That's what I'm call it. The it's what I call it. The overly critical, hyper analytical movie club podcast that Wolfie heads up. Sorry, Wolfie couldn't be here today, and. Uh, and yes, a shout out to Merly Bird. Uh, this user sent us in the corrections department type of thing in here uh, about our Dark Knight Deep Dive Part 2, where we criticized uh, Batman's survival with Rachel when he saved her from the Joker. He, uh, or she, I'm not really sure, said, quote, They survived the fall because Batman has one half or one wing of his cape open with his free hand. His other hand is wrapped around Rachel. Ever see those tree seas that fall like helicopters? They do that when they've been split in half and only have one wing on them. It's the same concept. That's why they're spinning around uncontrollably. He was able to hold on to Rachel while still slowing their fall enough to survive. Plus, the give of the car roof included with Batman's armor helped a lot, too. He probably would have broken a lot of bones if he did concrete. I don't know if you could walk away from fall like this in real life. The only I'm the only person on the planet who understood what happened in that scene, though. Everyone complains about it, but I ne- I've never heard anyone explain it. So thank you for explaining it, Merly Bird. Um... We'll probably still complain about it, just given the fact that so many people didn't really know what was going on. So that just shows it should have been shot or shown better, in in my opinion, on that. But uh, appreciate the explanation nonetheless and for listening in. Also, uh, take a look at our Patreon, patreon.com slash superherostuffpod. And we have a lot of Patreon tiers there. Thanks again to Kooky Noms, Matt Herring, and Elijah B. Again, shout out to Matt Herring. 
He has been diagnosed with cancer. This is the first true and true and blue Superhouse fan. His GoFundMe is GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039S hyphen but B-U-T-T. And uh, if you could donate it, it, just any amount of money that you have, if you're able to do so, that would be great. Um, please support him in his time of need. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be awesome. And if you could also take out your phone and look at uh, and open up their voice recorder app and leave us a little message, record us a little bumper, and send that to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. We will put you in the show. And um, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter and Instagram. And super ha- Superhero Stuff You Should Know is on YouTube and all the social media. So please check us out there. And Ben. You can check us out on Instagram at Superhero Stuff Pod. Uh, and you can check my Instagram out uh, as Ben Juan Writer. Uh, where you will see a lot less posting than on the Superhero Stuff pod. I think I post way more on uh, our Instagram posts than on my personal one. But you can still connect with me there if you want. Nice, and I guess that's it. Thanks, Alan Grant, for such an epic tale. And that's it, signing off. Ben signing off. Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network.